welcome back to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations. And we're going to continue our lively, informative conversation with our dear friend Tara from California. So after you had this moment of clarity, tell us, uh, after you got some traction, what next? You know, the shift must have happened in me immediately because that was January 2014. And my now husband married me on April 1st. So he had been with me for three years of me drinking and not drinking and drinking and I get a couple months. And then, uh, so he saw the change in me. So I just, I just changed without realizing it, like they say. So we ended up getting married on April 1st that year. So the change was quick. It's an apropos date, huh? Yes, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. And so I kept going to the rooms to answer your question. I kept going. I had a one meeting a week. I went to every week. And eventually, life, because I was continuing to, to do these other mind-altering things, I had three to choose from, depending on which way I wanted to go. And eventually, life just got worse and worse and worse and worse and I was getting crazy actually crazy and I made the active decision to stop like I'm done with all of this I couldn't make the active decision to stop drinking I had my moment of clarity which was a miracle and then two years later I actively said, no more Norco, no more Vyvanse, no more marijuana. I'm done. I'm doing this thing. I'm getting, I'm doing the steps. I'm getting a sponsor. I'm getting a higher power. I'm going to, I'm going to do the deal. I, I was like walking around the airplane, going to the meeting every week. I was kind of walking around the airplane, hanging out in the bathroom, talking to the pilot. And I finally <laughs> just said, I'm going to take a seat. I'm going to take a seat. I'm going to go sit in aisle A seat 12 I'm I'm done I'm taking a seat here and I've been there since and um it's really a good life it's really a good life so I generally like to suggest to people that some I'm sure you've heard of the one two three waltz the one two three shuffle all those type of uh, statements that uh, and I kind of irritate people sometimes because I'm not running the friendship club I uh I tell them I said you know what that's nonsense because if you'd have done those first three steps completely, you'd have gone on to the fourth. I said, I'm, I, I don't, I don't buy the one. That's just an excuse, is all it is. So you made a decision. You made a choice. I have tattooed on this arm uh, these two words I choose, two most powerful words a human being can have in their vocabulary. And what people don't understand is when we were out there running in that world, we gave our choices away. So, so, so true. So tell me about taking your choices back and tell me either, as I tell people about being in recovery, I said, either you're wet or you're dry. Either you're in recovery or you are not. There's no gray area here. I, you know, some people come into the program and they, they get into this sponsorship and they take it and they get like crazy and they're going to three meetings a week and they have this and they're going to this and they're going to barbecues and they're going ah like I definitely that was not my story as you know enough already but even once I made my decision it still has slowly gotten stronger over the years so 2016 I 
shopped around for for churches and because I felt like that was a I felt like I had to decide on what team I wanted to be on. And so I ended up getting baptized again, this time, and I grew up Catholic, but this time in a non-denominational Christian church. But today I define myself as an omnius, perhaps a Christian omnius. And like Jesus, I like the dude. But omniism, my understanding is that it is just the belief that there's truth in all religion. And so I have this a la carte. I take what works and like, oh, I like that. That makes sense. And oh, I love the ancestor thing. I love talking to my mom. And so in terms of uh, 2016, after I made the decision, I started working the steps and I started going to church and I still only did one meeting a week. And then 2017 or 18, I started another meeting. So that got me into AA. So now I was going to two meetings a week because I started a meeting and it was like my baby. And then in 2019, I worked the steps again, and I started the podcast, KeepComingBack.net, which is really just speaker tapes. So somebody gave me, I'll tell if I, you're going to have to split this into more than one episode, but somebody gave me this speaker tape, and it was Bill W. sharing the day Dr. Bob died at a meeting. And it was so powerful, and it was, the sound was so good. And we made copies of the CD for everybody and we're evangelizing this, you know, and it was an actor on a play, in a play on stage. It wasn't real at all. But because I had this good sounding speaker tape, it gave me the idea of, I wanted to find other good sounding speaker tapes where there's not echoing in the big church and there's not clapping and there's not laughing and you don't know what they're laughing at because you can't see the speaker. And so I started recording people's stories where they talk for 45 minutes or more and I don't interrupt them. And then I ask them a few questions at the end. And I just posted, I think episode 150 last week. So every Thursday I post a new story every Thursday. I, so I'm recording every week and it's just great service work. And I still go to, I go to two or three meetings a week. I call women. I have a call calendar. So I call people in the program and I, I just track it uh, to motivate me to remember. I was feeling really off this morning and I looked at my calendar and I looked and I only called three people last week. And so it's like a sign of, oh, that's why I feel like shit today. So um, could you tell us about your experience of working through the steps and what type of a transformation that led to you? Oh, yeah. I'm not a good person to ask that question. I'll tell you why. I don't, I never really had a powerful experience. And I'm actually doing the steps again right now. We just did step five. I just did step five last weekend. Um, good stuff comes out of it for sure. But I didn't have like these aha moments. Where I realized lately is it's living the steps, not just 10, 11, and 12, but it's literally living the steps through my life all the time, every day, making them a part of my values and my decision-making. So it doesn't always work. Like when I was really mad that we were at a milk and I couldn't have cereal, <laughs> I'm like taking back step three. Um, but, uh, this, but, the, but in terms of the steps, step five and step nine, hands down, had the most, I would say, punch in terms of healing, uh, insights that I didn't, that I didn't see, I didn't know. 
and healing that needed to be done. I think most people don't understand that 12-step recovery is a lifestyle. It's a discipline. It's not something, it's not like joining the Elks Club or signing up for a bowling league. It's something that's the 12-step, you know, says practice these principles in all our affairs. And one of the most uh, misconceptions is that I hear it often at meetings is that, oh, when you do your fifth step, you'll come out of there walking on air. And, you know, you'll be in the clouds and the, the, the birds will sing. And then, you know, you'll be playing magic flutes and there'll be squirrels in the trees. That, that doesn't happen for 99.9% of people. Okay. It's, it's a gradual, it's a process. It's like Appendix 2 was put in the book after the first edition, as you're well aware, Bill had this magical spiritual experience at Tom's Hospital, and people were writing in and saying, hey, Bill, I'm not having this type of special effects type of thing. Am I going to recover? And that's when they put the Appendix 2 in there, which explained that the spiritual experience was of an educational variety, and we grow into it. We grow into the steps. What's your thoughts on that, Tara? I feel as though in the rooms, I hear a lot of, we do step one through nine and then 10, 11, 12 are maintenance steps and you keep doing them. But like you said, it's the whole thing is a way of living, the whole thing. I think in terms of the spiritual uh, or um, educational variety, there is, Every time I think I get to a new growth place, I'm amazed and I think, wow, now I'm here. Now I'm at happiness. Now, now I've got it all. The universe, my higher power, whatever you want to call it, God says, oh, no, 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 wait, Tara, wait, there's more. There's more. Like, keep going. There's more. Um, and I think that's the educational variety. I think that as long as I am, there's there's the how, right? Honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. And we have a how avenue here in California. Nah. So there's an, e at the, there's an E at the end. And so I always say it's how avenue. And the E is the effort. Like I have to also put the effort in. I can't just be honest and open and willing. I have to also put the effort in. And the effort sometimes is just reading it, it. Sometimes I can only put in so much effort in one day. But if my goal is to put the effort in, the the waves will part and I will be able to do it. Well, you remember the if you remember the story I told about the action and effort in the lottery ticket. I don't know if you remember that one. No, why is that not ringing a bell? We also we often talk about action and effort. I talk about belief and if you can believe in anything, leprechauns or whatever. And then you talk about faith and we talk about all faith is is something belief in something that you don't understand. And then what Bill talks about is faith in action. Okay. And I always use this story, Tara, when I speak at rehabs, uh, is there was this person that prayed to win the lottery, <laughs> sweat blood. Well, Nothing ever happened. And they got so angry that they went outside and they yelled up at this guy. They said, God, why won't you let me win the lottery? And God called back down and said, how about meeting me halfway and at least buy a ticket? So the whole idea about the 12-step world is we have to buy the ticket. It's action and effort. Those are two words that mean so much to me. It is nothing like the effort I used to put in when I was drinking. Because <laughs> that effort was not rewarding. The dividends of this effort are 
they just keep increasing. They're just forever increasing. So I used to think that I wanted happiness and I would seek happiness. I would seek the next vacation, the next party, the next thing um, where roller coaster happiness. And I just, I don't seek that anymore. I seek contentment. I seek peace, serenity, calm, sincere smile of just connection. Well, I think what the 12 step world, uh, Tara helps people understand is the difference between, uh, pleasure and joy. Okay. Pleasure is something that needs to be sustained. And I often say that it's like eating potato chips. As long as you're eating the potato chips, then you feel the pleasure. But as soon as you stop eating the potato chips, the pleasure is gone and you go look for something else. Where joy is sustainable. Joy is there. Joy is an inner feeling. Joy doesn't need, you don't need all the potato chips. You can have them. And, you know, we weren't created for pleasure. We were created for joy. And to be I like that. and to be freed from uh, to be freed from what we call in the twelve step world the bondage of self, because a, a life run on self will can hardly be a success. Quite often, with my patients, I always tell them I use twelve step behavioral techniques, and I make no apologies about it at all. And I read, I have them read the promises, and I say, now who wouldn't who wouldn't want this in their life? I love the promises. We just read them the other day and I was thinking, I was thinking, I wonder if they knew what power they were writing when this section was written. Because you read it and it's really powerful. I think it's powerful universally. Well, I often tell people that it's a living book, that every time you open it, it's going to tell you something different. And if you have a, problem or an issue just open up to a page or even in the stories in the back and uh, the chances are that something is going to resonate with you and I and I make this very clearly to people when I talk to them I tell them I want to let you know that I'm completely transparent I'm completely biased and you can take that <laughs> and but I truly believe that all the answers are in the big book yeah I definitely drink the Kool-Aid <laughs> Well, and that's the difference. And I think I talked to you. And again, this is not a derogatory term for our listeners out there. But we often talk in the 12-step rooms about the earth people. And earth person is not a derogatory term. But it's just very difficult. Have you ever been able to explain addiction to somebody that wasn't in it, Tara? No, there's no way. It's like explaining being a parent to somebody who's never had kids. You just can't do it. Yes, trying to explain the color red to a person who can't see. So as much as people love us and they want to help us, I remember I would go to my mother crying, saying, Mom, I can't stop, I can't stop. And as much as she loved me, she'd ask me, why not? But when you walk into the rooms, I've never walked into a 12-step room, Tara, and somebody's asked me why I was there. Or I've never shared things and they no one has ever asked me well why did you do that never we ask what we ask them is, is what do you want to do about it so what's your experience as this as a sponsor oh man i have bad luck with that or or i i, I have had three sponsees 
significant amount of time sponsees that I can remember their names and how much I worked with them. And they're all older women. And one of them passed away from drinking. The other one is MIA. And the third one, I'm still hopeful she'll come back. So I, I have, um, I guess I attract older women that can't or aren't willing to get sober. It's hard to say. Well, uh, uh, let me ask you this. Are you sober? Yes. Then it works. That's true. Then it works. My answer is always yes. So so it's not that I don't seek sponsorship. I I just I don't like doing it. Okay. But the answer is always yes. So it's really up to my higher power and I have somebody now who so it's it's just it's so heartbreaking. My experience has been very it's very heartbreaking to watch. It's very heartbreaking to watch. Um, it's heartbreaking to deal with the families. It's heartbreaking to deal with the individual. Yeah. Yeah. And the one that passed away, she was the first person I knew in the program that had, that had died from the disease. Wow. Uh, so I knew her, I saw her twice a week, every week for years. And, um, she fell down the stairs and, and died. However, you're sober. It, I know. It works. I know. It works. But you know what's less painful is doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I joke I joke that it's way easier than working with newcomers. So it's 12-step work that I don't have to deal with newcomers. So our purpose is to stay clean and sober and to carry the message. So let's transition into your creating this platform to carry the message. Well, my husband's a musician, and... So he encouraged me to, to do it when I came up with the idea. I didn't come up with the idea. It was delivered to me by the universe. I don't need to go into all the details, but there was like several experiences where this was delivered and this was delivered. And then a friend of mine had a friend who had a podcast and, and I thought I can actually do this. And so I told my husband, I came home, got, came home from traveling for work. And I said, I'm going to do this. Make sure I do six episodes before I quit. Because like a true alcoholic, I start stuff and I don't finish. <laughs> so I said, don't let me stop until I do six episodes. And so my adult son, then a teenager, well, I guess he wasn't a teenager, but he did the music and my husband did all the editing and it was a family affair. And we started recording people in my home group and just people around me in person in 2019 and then of course march 2020 happened and everything went dark for a while i think that whole spring and summer i didn't really touch it and then i picked it up again and now i do it over the phone so it's so much easier i can record anybody anywhere internationally i do it on on zoom or webex um zoom yeah i guess zoom or webex but everyone else gets recorded over the phone and it's easier than it was in person. I don't have to drag all my equipment anywhere. And so now I post one starting January of 2021. I made a commitment to post one a week, every week. And I've kept that up now for a year and three months. And so 
it's just service work. I just listen to someone's story and then I post it for the, I edit it myself now and I post it for the, for people to listen to. And um, it helps a lot of people. It's well, good stuff. Many, many different ways to carry the message. Many, many, yeah. many different ways. However, I think that you found a rather unique way, Tara. Well, it's because I'm special and unique. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so if you would uh, want to share anything with our guests, what would it be? The thing I held on to was keep coming back. Don't quit before the miracle happens and keep coming back. So, so this actually does work. And if you're not ready to do the work, keep coming back until something in your heart changes and you want to do the work. Don't give up on coming back just keep coming back the only requirement is the desire to stop drinking so you know and it's just like i didn't think that a life of ha of joy was real let alone possible for me and i sure as heck didn't think your guys's suggestions were going to get me there but that's just because i didn't understand i didn't understand what i didn't understand and so I did the minimal, which was I kept coming back until the miracle happened. And it did happen. And I've seen it happen to others. And it can happen to any of us that want it. Um, we want it in our mind. That's all that needs to move our feet into the rooms. And then over time, your heart, hopefully, if you don't fall downstairs like Mary and die, your heart will want it. And you'll start to make different decisions. We keep doing the same shit. We're going to keep getting the same life. So you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and try to do something different. Well said, Tara. Well spoken. I'm going to have uh, Mike uh, clip that for sure. And we're going to, uh, we're going to put that out on our the social media sites. That's wonderful. So uh, Tara, uh, we hope you won't be a stranger. We like to catch up with people about every year. And at, at the end of every podcast, we offer a free prescription besides a prescription for hope. We offer fruits, nuts, and vegetables, and unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. If we're all not God's children, none of us are God's children. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste, my friends. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait.